good really good do you want to talk about your retreat at all um it was a good time but i'm still processing okay <laughs> all right so we won't get into that i don't know if i shared this last time but i got a new bike i think i did yes mm-hmm. yeah all how's right. that going it's going good i'm not forcing myself i'm actually encouraging myself to get up um while the dog is eating going out and doing a couple laps around the park the park is like four blocks four city blocks so it's pretty big um doing a couple laps around there to get my muscles warmed up and then coming back and then taking the dog for a walk and um, what i love about it is that um wow by the time i get back my endorphins are going so it's causing me to really have some focus and energy here to get some errands done so then I can actually sit down and do work and start my day with my clients and stuff so it's it's a good it's a good thing I like it's it. nice it's nice to have a morning routine like that yeah and and when you don't exercise um, or slack or when I don't exercise or slack I forget how good those endorphins feel mm-hmm. yeah so it's nice yeah. to welcome them back welcome back into my life endorphins <laughs> I'm just waiting for this heat to die down. It's been too hot for me to go and ride my bike around here. What? You guys are having a heat wave? It's normal for out here in the summer. We average like 100 degree temps in the summer. Shut up. Are you kidding me? I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. It's it's too hot to be outside and stuff. But uh, so I just stick to the indoor gym with AC. (laughs) So are you are you experiencing wildfires around you? Not around you. I know there are some in California. Like there's always wildfires. Uh, yeah, right. Like this there's, is a West yes. Coast thing, people. It wildfires. Is. Uh, California is usually on fire. Yeah. Um, not not that I know of in Southern California right now. Um, they usually happen for some reason up in Northern California. I guess there's just more trees out there. Yeah. Um, but no, not that I know of down here. Um, but yeah, like right now we average like. Today is a high of 99. That is too... No! I'm not going outside. No. Listen, I have to say, with the exception of that heat wave, and I'm calling it the asshole heat wave, because it really was. It was ridiculous. It was like 115, 100 and whatever. Um, Portland has had the most amazing weather. Um, You know, coming from Michigan, where it's different every day and humid, and I hear that there's a... Um, a mosquito onslaught there. I said they're freaking militarized and colonized, you know, Michigan, apparently the mosquitoes have, but Portland has had, it's been a beautiful summer. Um, No rain, which is not good because, you know, that's what um, brings on the the threat of um, wildfires and um, stuff. But um, so everything is kind of brown, but clear, beautiful skies in the perfect temperature in the, like the eighties every day. It's been the best summer. 
That's the Pacific Northwest. It's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> That's how it's supposed to be. It is. And honestly, I just, I, I, I just, every day I'm here, I love it more and more and more and more. So. All right. So you have a class coming up, right? Yep. 24th. It is a workshop for intuitives. Um, it's just 22 bucks. You can either attend it live um, at 9 a.m. PST, which is 12 noon EST, um, or you can ask for the digital download, which will just be the class recorded. So you'll get that after the class is done. It's designed to deepen your understanding of your natural intuitive abilities and strengthen your ability to communicate with your spirit guides. So um, there's lots of cool things that we'll do in there. You know, you'll learn some techniques and some practices and how to initiate and develop your relationship with your spirit guide so definitely you'll want to join that or else snag the download sounds great yeah yeah what about you uh i don't have anything scheduled again just shadow war classes are still available for purchase through my website i do just want to remind everyone just to keep so in order to keep in touch or in tune with whatever stuff we have coming up just make sure you're on our facebook group because that's where we announce everything and post links for registration and do all that fun stuff so if you're not already on there take a peek at our show notes and you can find the direct link yeah join us it's a fun group people like it join us come be a part of us yes yes definitely so tell everybody what we're talking about today today we are talking about secret societies i'm so excited so this was this was your idea so i um i like the idea of like researching stuff i'm honestly sometimes a little bit turned off by like some how some people make a big deal out of some secret societies i know um but okay so let's let's um let's get started what what makes a secret society in the first place okay so they have to have secrets um they have to instill a little bit of fear in those who aren't privy to or a part of that society or those secrets Mm -hmm. and they have to be sus right they have to be suspected of having secrets even if they don't so Mm. it's all a bunch of speculation paranoia and this ties into conspiracies and conspiracy theories so Mm -hmm. that's 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 what it is if you ask me like i don't know about that they're suspect they must be a secret sure society yes Okay, so that gets us straight into the first one, which is the Knights Templar. Ooh, um, tell me I, about them. Yeah, I wanted to start with them because out of all the ones we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about four-ish, kind of five, but this is the oldest one out of the list. Um, so the Knights Templar was originally founded as they, like a set of warriors that were there to protect Christian pilgrims to the Holy Land during the Crusades. And for anyone who's not aware of what the Crusades were, the Crusades the Crusades were basically a quote unquote holy war from against the, of the Christians against Muslims. They didn't call them Muslims in the day; they called them something else. But today we know them as Muslim people, and it was basically just Christians and Muslims fighting over holy lands or area, um, monuments that they both believed to be holy. So nothing different than today. Exactly. Yeah. So this military order was actually founded in the year 1118, and it was headquartered at the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. The members of this order pledged a life of chastity, of obedience, and poverty 
and they also abstain from gambling, alcohol, and even swearing. Yeah, it sounds boring. Very boring. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm, don't don't <laughs> sign me up for that. I don't want that. <laughs> and, I mean, these were generally all right. So they were known for more, though, than their military proudness and their moral lifestyle. They actually eventually became one of the most wealthy and powerful forces in Europe after setting up a bank that allowed pilgrims to deposit money in their home countries and withdraw it in the Holy Land. Uh-huh. Of course. Of course. Here, there it goes. There, there it is. There's the money. There's the, yeah, there's, and so what happens with money is, um, you know, usually there's always either there's corruption involved yep. or someone gets jealous. Yep. Corruption. So their influence actually reached their high in the year 11,039 when Pope Innocent issued a papal bull exempting them from paying taxes and decreeing that the only authority they had to answer to was the Pope. So that would basically give them like free reign. <laughs> Do you see um, the, the see <laughs> where the there are parallels between yes. then and now? Yeah. And so at the apex of their power, the Knights Templar owned the island of Cyprus and oh, a fleet cool. of ships, and they even lent money to kings. But not all the kings were happy customers, and that's actually what ended up bringing up the fall of the, the Knights Templar. All right, well. Somebody yeah. got a disgruntled. I love a good disgruntled <laughs> Oh, good dis- uh, disgruntled chat. story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. So when the Crusades actually came to an end, then the Knights Templar withdrew and they went back to Paris. And that's when they ended up just focusing on their banking endeavors. And then here's where the problem started. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Here we go. So King Philip IV of France whom the Knights Templar had denied additional loans to, had he had a group of knights arrested and tortured until they made false confessions of depravity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 1309, as the city of Paris watched, dozens of Knights Templar were burned at the stake for their alleged crimes. And, so, okay, so this is actually how I first heard about the Knights Templar because I was researching... Uh, the origins of Baphomet. So uh, Baphomet, as we've talked about this before on some podcasts, on some of our other episodes, Baphomet is the signal of the devil. Like on the Rider Waite tarot deck yeah. card, the card of the devil. Yeah, that's the, actually... The goat. The yes, the goat. Half goat, half man, yeah. Uh-huh, and then it's got like the one arm pointing up and the other one pointing down, and that's like the, the sign of as above, so below. Um, so the actual first... Um, historical record of Baphomet comes from the interrogations of the knights during these during these uh, trials. So first of all, it's important to note that they were made under like they they're now seen as false confessions because they were freaking tortured. So they was like just right. get something out of them. So through the translations, though, what ended up happening was like that they supposedly worshipped like false idols and and that was one of them however some people believe that it wasn't actually the word baphomet that it was actually like um uh like a mispronunciation of muhammad because it was mahomet and it yeah and so then it was actually muhammad and then and then eventually it turned into baphomet through translations and then it was this guy named eliphas levi who was this french I think he was like a French historian or mystic or something to that extent. And he's actually the one that first drew the 
the picture of Baphomet that we know of today. Mm-hmm. So some people believe that Baphomet's like the devil or whatever, but that's actually the story behind that whole thing and where mm-hmm. that all came from. And it relates to these trials of the Knights Templar. So, Which just solidifies that, uh, you know, um, the bullshit belief that Muslims are the devil, right? It, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's Damn more, it. it's more of that bullshit. Yeah. So that's where all of that comes from. So eventually, although some of them were arrested and they were killed, um, this actually continued over the next few years. Uh, the Pope tried to, tried to save them, but um, actually King Philip even violated, it was called the Om Datum Optimum de- Decree, that, that one that made Templars answerable only to the Pope, but not even the Pope could creep could prevent him from arresting them in in this case and so they were i don't understand though why if they only answered to the pope who who did the who was the pope answering to or were they just not listening to him Uh, no it was it was just that the king philip wanted them arrested he was basically pissed yeah okay um and they were charged with blasphemous acts and rituals and then also like other quote-unquote heinous acts such as homosexuality, refusing the, to observe sacred rituals, and even worshipping the, um, the false idol. And that's where that Baphomet, Muhammad, that, that whole thing comes in. Um, and they did, it is accepted that they were, they confessed under torture. And although the Pope tried to exonerate the Templars, his verdict couldn't stop the king. And eventually they declared 54 Templars guilty and ordered them to burn at the stake. And yeah, it's crap. <laughs> it's shitty. Yeah, but I mean, it's that's history for you. Yeah. Um, and uh, the the actual the order of the knights was officially disbanded by the Pope in 1312. All right. So, uh, are they still around? Do you do you think? Do you suspect that they're still around? They're still doing their thing. No, no. <laughs> there's with them. There's no. There's no further. It's just their influence that would eventually carry on. If you if you notice, um, that's where like the when we talk about conspiracy theories, I talk about like a secret set of bankers. Think of think of the Knights Templar and like the, the fact that they were essentially bankers. Where that bs comes from so Mm -hmm. it's just kind of break down where where certain ideas get pulled from because this is this is how it happens it's like a little bit of history and then someone adds some sauce to the story and makes it something right but it's very interesting because the next topic that we're going to talk about um has to do with those in power right bankers politicians royalty so very interesting how secret societies are created they create their own hierarchy and then another secret society is created to topple that secret society it's all a big secret so. Yes. Oh, so I wanted to tell you, I know you're going to talk about the Illuminati, but I found yes. this whole little blurb that I just wanted to tell you about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is considered the early Illuminati. And so I, I believe the, the Illuminati that you're going to talk about, they were created in like the 1700s. Yep, German. German, yes. German and, yeah. Illuminati. Yeah, they were German, Bavarian. Um, this, there's actually a... For a Spanish historian first found the use of the name and he, he found it in Spanish. So in Spanish, the word for enlightened is the alumbrados. So 
he found this um, this history of it, or just like I guess this piece of it that came through. And so, one of the earliest leaders of this order, um, they were considered like pre-alumbrado or like just just before, was actually a woman, which is why I wanted to bring it up because Very the ma- cool. yeah, the majority of these of these uh, the the founding members of these things, they're pretty much all men. Um, but I thought this was cool. So her name was Maria de Santo Domingo, and she was actually known as La Beta de Piedrajita, the Holy Woman of Piedrajita. And she was a laborer's daughter, and um, she lived about, it was about 19, she was born about 1984, I'm sorry, she was born about 1485. And she joined the Dominican order as a teenager and soon achieved a a lot of, um, she achieved renown as a prophet and mystic who could converse directly with Jesus Christ and the Virgin. Very cool. Yeah. And then uh, Ferdinand uh, of Aragon invited her to his court. He became convinced of the sincerity of her visions. And then the Dominicans appealed to Pope Julius II for guidance. A series of trials were convened under the auspices of the Inquisition, and then her patrons, which by then not only included Ferdinand, but also several other, like, dukes and important people of of the time, um, they ensured that no decision was taken against her, and she was cleared in the year 1510. So she was one of those people that uh, she... She was like a founding person of this yeah. order of the of the quote unquote alumbrados, which is again Spanish Illuminati. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I like to think that all cool things um, are based or founded by a woman. Yeah. The Illuminati. How do I feel about that? I think they are cool as fuck, and. Um, you know, I will often say, you know, when something big happens, well, it's because the Illuminati. <laughs> and, um, you know, it is considered a conspiracy theory, um, but I don't care what anybody says. I totally believe that they are still around. They're still in power, that their influence is felt all over. And um, I do, I will talk a little bit about what that looks like in modern day. Okay. All right, but let's just start with um, a little background. So Illuminatus means any initiate of a mystery cult, not only those associated with the Illuminati. The Illuminati is a name given to several groups, both real and fictitious, okay? Okay. So that's that's important to remember. Now, so the brief history of the Illuminati is that it was created as a Masonic group in 1776 by German philosopher Adam Weishaupt with the intention of liberating humanity from all forms of political, mental, and physical bondage. So his intentions were very woo, very esoteric, Mm -hmm. very like, you know, um, down with the man. Basically, they were anti-clerical, anti-royal. The Illuminati, they were closer to revolutionaries than most world rulers. Um, They sought to infiltrate and upset powerful institutions like the monarchy. Um, I liken them to Anonymous. Okay. All right. Now, 
Wise Hout wanted to educate Illuminati members in things like reason, philanthropy, um, and other secular values so that they could influence political decisions when they came to power. So again, they wanted to infiltrate, you know, powerful institutions. The group, though, they developed these subversive, like, rituals that were designed to liberate these initiates from the mental constraints of any past, you know, religious and political influence, right? They wanted to undermine patriotism that kept the royal families of Europe in power, okay? So that's another reason why I think all of these current, you know, QAnon people or insurgents or the freedom, you know, these, you know, Trump supporting freedom, you know, lovers are, you know, they have a long history to say, oh, no, no, I'm a patriot because I want to, you know, um, people liberated from you know whatever they assume to be you know being kept from yeah 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 Yeah. all right okay side note though can we just talk about how big the year 1776 was yeah oh yeah right (laughs) like as far as liberation Yeah. yeah oh my goodness i like that right all right so um, so once they were initiated, right, they were instructed to inf- infiltrate these groups. Um, they published political satires and propaganda. Um, you know, they believed in the struggle against inequality and corruption. Um, they did cool things like identified opportunities for changes in society, and then they worked s- to support them. Um, for example, they um, capitalized on the un, on, on the growing unrest in France, and they distributed this, you know, these anti-monarchist, um, you know, information, which ultimately helped provoke the French Revolution. So mm. they were they were rabble rousers, and they had the best intentions because it was about liberation and enlightenment. All right. And so then in recognition of their influence, of course, the monarchy was like, hold, hold, hold on. No, they banned secret societies in the UK. Um, But, you know, these societies continued well into the 20th century. And so um, what the Illuminati recognized and the reason sort of that they were like anti was because they realized that those who seek power are rarely suited to actually wielding the power, much like today. So, you know, they called for um, a meritocracy, which is a government based on aptitude and expertise rather than privilege, which, honestly, that is the most forward-thinking, you know, concept, and it's something that we need to implement now, but to realize that that started way back in, like, the 1700s is pretty cool. So another reason why I, you know, dig the Illuminati and the idea of it. Um, So basically in that meritocratic government, instead of random politicians taking control of the nation's health care, the role would be appointed to an expert from within the health industry. I I just love that. Mm -hmm. And then... Here's the best part. So in religion, they advocated allowing a natural spirituality to emerge in children instead of that dogma mandated by organized religion, which is exactly what, you know, we're learning now in school, children in the curriculum, it needs to be geared towards their natural abilities versus some standard curriculum that doesn't help anybody other than the school systems and their funding. Yeah. Um. They were also supporters of scientific methods, but 
Um, they also shared members with the original Rosicrucians, which we'll get into, and okay. they were a philosophical society sort of famous for having members who were gifted natural healers. So there was, again, the Illuminati the, in their, their um, fundamentally, they had really good intentions yes. okay but it was just their odd behavior that eventually led to it being a, a load of shit and i'll tell you <laughs> why all right so they had this odd behavior there were two sides to their their the illuminati there were their uh -huh. weird rituals and then their ideals okay okay so the illuminati did plenty of unusual things right so um, they adopted pseudonism, pseudonyms to avoid identification. They okay. had really complicated hierarchies. Like you had to start out as a novice, then maneuverable, yes. illuminated. It just divided the ranks. It created uh -huh. a hierarchy. It was just, it was nonsense, which goes Sounds very, confusing. <laughs> very confusing. And honestly, when I was trying to find out exactly how many levels there were, there was very little on that like there were yeah. eight levels or nine levels but so now and also in the beginning illuminati members didn't trust anyone over 30 they didn't trust the boomers mm. um because they said they were too set in their ways and members were paranoid they used spy-like protocol to keep <laughs> their identity secret like they just started getting weird and paranoid yeah and so they were following all of these bizarre rules, um, you know, but they also promoted a worldwide view um, <laughs> that reflected enlightenment ideals like rational thought, right? Mm. So it, it, they were, there was a lot of, wait, what? And, and I just think that people really started to see that. And they're like, yeah, it's all about control, okay? Yes. And so... This is, I'm going to read several quotes from the um, Adam Weishaupt, who is the founder, okay? Okay. And you'll see where they just, there's just some, they're just suspect. You look at it and you go, wait, what? Yeah. All right. So he said, the great strength of our order lies in its concealment. Let it never appear in its own name, but always covered by another name and another occupation. Mm. Then he said, the superiors of Illuminism are to be looked upon as the most enlightened of men, and no doubts are to be entertained even of their fallibility. Dude, fuck you, okay? <laughs> Basically, he wanted the downfall of current structures to replace them with others. No doubts are to be entertained, only I can save you. Who does that right. sound like? Yeah. So yeah. basically he was saying down with the old masters, but up with the new masters. Okay, and, this is when he lost us. me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, fuck you, dude. And then this is what he said in regard to women. So this this is a little bit interesting. Um, he said, there is no means of influencing men so powerfully as by means of women. I agree. <laughs> women should therefore be our chief study we should insinuate ourselves into their good opinion and give them hints of emancipation once again he fucking loses me <laughs> when he yeah. starts out uh, so good yeah, so yeah. 
many of these secret societies, they did not allow women um, in the societies, and they certainly didn't allow them to hold, um, you know, positions of power. Well, I've said this before, one of the past lives, one of my favorite past lives that I had was as the headmistress of a, of a mystical society. It was a some sort of school, um, some sort of secret society school where they taught mysticism. Now, just you know, my memories and my, my clear abilities and my knowing and through all of my channels, I truly believe that secret society to be the Rosicrucian society. Okay. Um, you know, and as I dove deeper into this topic, I just got more, you know, more knowing, you know, so understand though, that the role of women in secret societies, while it's documented to not be a thing, it actually, when I tap into it with the Akasha and my knowing, it feels a lot bigger than actually documented in history. Yeah. And I mean, and that's normal because history, especially this, that of that age of that long ago, it's all written by men. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, he had really good ideas of, you know, um, that women should think well of men, but then he was like, you know, we just give them hints of emancipation. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, what? Dude. All right, all right asshole. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So wh- here's how the Illuminati sort of disappeared. So at its largest, it only consisted of somewhere between 650 and 2,500 members. The numbers are um, varied. Um, yeah. You know, some people say this, some people say that. Um, and how it grew to that size is by becoming a sort of a sleeper cell within other organizations. Um, the Illuminati members joined the Freemasons to recruit members for their own competing secret societies. So yeah. there we bring in, you know, like infiltration and spy like tactics and all that stuff. Now, In 1785, the Duke of Bavaria banned secret societies, and he said no more. And he instituted these really serious punishments for anyone who joined them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and then as a result, most of the group's secrets were disclosed and published. And, you know, if you believe most historians, the Illuminati disappeared. Well, I don't believe that at all. At all. Um, You know, the... I believe that they just went into other secret societies or created different ones that were super secret. Mm. So um, basically when they were faced with this inevitable persecution, the original Illuminati sort of abandoned their name and took refuge, um, you know, like I said, within a myriad of other societies um, to continue their work in the shadows. And so when I was reading that and remembering that little point there, um, I just saw, um, a sparky for you guys that don't know when I see a sparky that's spirit sort of validating my legs tingle it's validation and when I see it's like this little blurb of light like a little blinking light that appears I can see with my naked eye and that's my validation so there you go that's the truth right <laughs> based on my sparky um okay so now, of course, the question remains is whether these groups survived, right? And though certainly the spirit of the Illuminati has sort of lived on in this counterculture. So in modern day, um, we can find that in the online, you know, counterculture groups like Anonymous and WikiLeaks leaks, um, and all these other proactive communities that sort of help to progress society. Um, if the Illuminati, if they do um, existed today their beliefs would be aligned with like hacktivists and pranksters and political petition websites that um, expose and challenge um, authority for instance the new world order now let's talk about that real quickly because 
the new world order should really just be described as the old word world order because it's comprised of old banking families and you know aristocracy and all the things that we need mm. to do away with um and so many um, conspiracy theorists maintain that the new world order is the current incarnation of the illuminati i don't know i do believe that the illuminati is fully you know activated and working among us but i don't know if it's because of world new world order they're basically they value individual freedom above all forms of control which as we have seen that's not always a good thing in my opinion right it's not always a good thing um but you know they're challenged by those who are willing to fight for equality and freedom so um you know the last thing about the illuminati that's interesting that i want to talk about is that you know um a lot of modern day celebs are accused uh, and government officials are accused of being members of the Illuminati. Yes. Um, they're also accused of being shape shifting lizard people. So yeah. Reptilians. I mean. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Well, um, that's the theory is the theory is that the Illuminati in modern day is made up of reptilians. Yeah. 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 Well, and it, it all tracks. So some of the most powerful men in the world um, meet. It, they still to this day meet in secret. And it's not really secret. Nobody's sure. allowed in. But it's the the Bohemian Grove. Have you heard about the yes. Bohemian Grove? Yes, yeah. Um, Bill Clinton is a member um, of Bohemian Grove. Or he's been photographed going into you know one of the secret you know Bohemian Grove. So mm-hmm. it, it reaches high levels. Um, and then. Jay-Z and Kanye West, they have both been accused of being members of the Illuminati, right? And so this was my favorite part. Like, when 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 asked for quotes, Jay-Z said, it's stupid. <laughs> That's what he said, quote, it's stupid. I'm Which, just, I think if he was actually a member, that might get him in trouble. <laughs> I think, or, so. you know, or I like how he just keeps it simple. Like, that's stupid. That would be my response. Um, Now, Kanye West, on the other hand, he said, that's ridiculous. Right? (laughs) Which, I mean, Kanye is ridiculous. And so, you know, I'm not going to make fun of mental health or anything like that. But in my opinion, he he wouldn't even know if he was. (laughs) Um, So that's sort of what's going on or the history of the Illuminati. And, -hmm. you know, so, again, like I said, fundamentally they started out with a really good um but and there's so much more you guys i mean this topic if you're interested we're gonna link some resources that you can get into it deeper um you know because it goes into years and years and years and craziness and things that they did and you're just like what Um, and you realize how they went from being having good intentions to being crazy town you know what it really comes down to it comes down to that quote of absolute power corrupts absolutely Mm -hmm. and it's just all it it, they were for especially the illuminati uh that adam guy the founder Mm -hmm. he just got so entwined with being in power and not letting other people tell him what to do not being not being able to be wrong that it broke down and and um yeah and then he he suffered the consequences of his organization as he knew it being um disbanded um but actually so talking about the freemasons yeah let's talk about them what do you know because okay so what was adam westhalt adam wine wine haupt wine haupt okay so 
Adam Winehouse was actually originally a member of the Freemasons, so he was actually inspired by the Freemasons. What he did not like about them, though, was the fact that although I, I guess you, they are still considered a quote-unquote secret society, they were not really secret. They're out in the mm-hmm. open. Right. I mean, you can see, like, a Masonic lodge. You know, you drive by, you can yeah. drive by it and see it. It's not really Mm-mm. secret. Um, so he did not agree with that, and that's why he ended up like infiltrating them and stealing their members and creating creating the Illuminati like pretty much within or out of the Freemasons. Okay, but the Freemasons can actually they trace their roots trace back to the Middle Ages in Europe, and most of the people who were in it were craftsmen or um, yeah. And they, they just formed local guilds. And so that's the reason why they use the builder square and the compass in, yeah. the, in their symbol. Is because that's, that's where it started from. It was from that profession, profession of craftsmen. Uh, however, the Freemasons loom large in American history. Uh, after 30, 13 of the 39 men who signed the U.S. Constitution were known as Masons. Yeah. Yeah. Also, members, there was a couple, Benjamin Franklin, I think, and um, yeah. or, George um, Washington, J- George Washington, James Monroe, Benjamin Franklin, John Hancock, and Paul Revere. Were members of the Freemasons? Yep. So Thomas Jefferson was accused of being a member of the Illuminati by George Washington. So it's all, <laughs> maybe they had some beef we don't know about. Well, yeah, they did because because they were basically branched off, but not really branched off. They were like stolen from, like they yeah. pulled members from the Freemasons. And I don't even know if those two dudes were alive at the same time. I'm just saying that, in you know. In in all of our research, that's what I found out was that George Washington was like the Illuminati suck, and it's like and Thomas Jefferson is a member or whatever. I I mean I guess that would kind of track though, but if the Illuminati was founded in 1776 and so was the United States, Mm -hmm. I mean, was he in two places at once? I don't know. I don't. That's this is why we're making the disclaimer that we are not historians and (laughs) (laughs) how does that how does that all work together? Right. So as far as the Freemasons beliefs, the Freemasonry is not a religion. No. Although members are encouraged to believe in a supreme being or a grand architect of the universe. Mm-hmm. Masonic temples and secret rituals have brought them into conflict with the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. The Church first condemned the Freemasons in 1738 and has gone on to issue around 20 decrees against them. And in 1985, Roman Catholic bishops reinstated over 200 years worth of these strictures in the face of an increased number of Catholics joining the order. So it's like they they don't want their people going over there. Right. But the church wasn't their only enemy. The secrecy of the Masons garnered such distrust in early America that it inspired America's first third party, the anti-Masonic party. Oh, very cool. No. That, I learned that one new. Yeah, that is cool. How I wonder how come they're not around still. I mean, are, is that considered maybe like independent? Now? Yeah, probably. They probably uh, changed their name. There have been so many other parties that have formed over time. Then they, you know, they come and they go. And they go, yeah, okay. And even like the even the idea of the Democrats and the Republicans and what they stood for has flipped and changed over time. Yep. So. Yeah. And people are hoping it's on its way out, so or yeah. they're they're adding another one. So 
Yeah. No, you know what? I think I think we should do away with all of them. Just start fresh. <laughs> I, right. Like, let's go back to the original Illuminati sort of mission statement and 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 then implement the you know political structure where experts are put into um power and see how we how we are and check check back in 200 years right okay so there are some other freemasons that are famous today that you would might have known uh, throughout time so mozart okay yep winston winston churchill okay davy crockett (laughs) Franklin D. Roosevelt and John Wayne. Okay. Davy Crockett's just going to be my favorite because what else is he known for other than Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier? That's like a kind of a semi-boomer thing. So if the millennials don't know. um, Is that the guy with the hat? Right. The raccoon tail hat. Yes. Okay. All right. No, I know. Mm -hmm. I know. Okay. I like it. So the view of the all-seeing eye as a Masonic symbol, though, has been sharply debated. Long before the Freemasons, the Egyptians used it as as the Eye of Horus. Yep. Um, but this, the all-seeing eye, appears repeatedly in Renaissance art as a symbol of Christianity and God's watchfulness. But organizations like the Philadelphia Federal Reserve claim Freemasons Henry Wallace and Franklin D. Roosevelt purposely chose it when they redesigned the dollar bill in 1934. Hmm. Okay. There's something about that triangle, um, you know, the that's mystical, it's cosmic, it's, it's, it's everything, that triangle. It's also the sign of um, the Rosicrucians. So, other th- facts about the Freemasons. There is a Masonic Grand Lodge in every one of the U.S. states, as well as in the District of Columbia. The Grand Lodge be- meaning like their corporate headquarters for the state? Their, or... Maso- their Masonic Lodges. Okay. Like where they where they gather. Okay. Yeah. All right. And there's one in every state? Yes. There's yeah. one in every state. Okay. So here's their, you, their symbol is the symbol of the compass. But isn't the compass actually positioned in a triangle shape? Yes, it is. Yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is just sacred geometry. Really, yeah. it, it really comes down to that. Yes, there is something to be said for um, the triangle shape throughout history and its meaning and symbolism. Um, it's you know with the pyramids and you know the dollar bill and just all of these all secret societies or many secret societies, and you know seem to have incorporated the triangle in some way. So very cool. Yes. Yes. Um, I really think it comes down to the study of like the, the, again sacred geometry and geometry being the the mathematical explanation of the universe mm-hmm. and and all that. So mm-hmm. I, I think it they tune it into like their success or wanting to be successful by incorporating that that sacred yep. geometry. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Very cool, very cool. Um, is there anything else about the Freemasons? Can we move into the Rosicrucians? No, that that was all I had about the, the just the fact that the Freemasons obviously still exist today. You like I said, you can yeah. drive by a Masonic lodge. Uh, as far as joining, all you have to do is ask. But ask to join. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm going to ask, and, and then I'm going to report back on the next podcast. And I'm going to be like, I am a motherfucking Freemason. Uh, I would just wonder, do they let women in? <laughs> if they don't, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to pick it. 
Yeah, so you can. It's just so there's uh there's ways of joining. You can um act, to be one. You ask one. The traditional way of joining Freemasonry is to ask someone who is already a member. Hey, I don't know anybody. What's the next way? Um, I think you can apply online. Oh, I'm doing it. Is there a fee? <laughs> Probably. Okay, They're I'm gonna check it out, and I'm, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> like seriously, if there are benefits to being in a secret society that's not so secret, mm-hmm. I want to reap those. Yeah. All right. So the Rosicrucians are also not so secret. They're actually a religious order, and why I am so interested in Rosicrucians is because my grandmother, who passed away before I was born, uh, my grandma Dolores was a member of uh she was a rosicrucian and i learned about this from my uncle and my grandma was a badass psychic and um intuitive and as was my uncle who also passed over um and so they're both on the other side god knows what x comes through in a lot of readings and stuff but he also told me a little bit about the rosicrucian so Mm. here's the history um they are a spiritual and cultural movement that um was founded in europe in the early 17th century um, after the publication of several manifestos that made um, seeking esoteric knowledge really attractive so their mission statement was and i'm paraphrasing this without all their flowery wording okay sure Um, The Rosicrucians seek the development of mind and heart in a spirit of unselfish service to mankind and prepare and to prepare the world for the age of Aquarius by way of gradual awakening of spiritual faculties. And here's where it gets really interesting. During the next six centuries. So 600 years ago, right? That's what they were preparing for the age of Aquarius. So yeah. obviously, it's it's interesting that my two favorite secret societies are based in um, I- intuitive, spiritual, evolution, all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. All right. So in the early 17th century, the manifestos they called they caused all of this excitement um, by declaring the existence of that secret brotherhood of alchemists and sages. Um, sages are knowledgeable, wise. Um, people um, who were preparing to transform the arts and sciences um, and the religious, political, and intellectual landscapes of Europe. Um, And at that time, there was all this political and religious war. Um, They were just ravaging the the continent, you know, the countryside. Mm -hmm. So people were willing, they were ready for something different. They were ready for, you know, more of a mystical, spiritual experience. So what do these Rosicrucians believe? Because they are in existence now. They, it in, Rosicrucianism sort of involves a combination of Gnosticism and Hermeticism. And I'll explain what each of those are. So Gnosticism okay. is the path of salvation through knowledge. Okay, very okay. easy. Yep. Now Hermeticism provides that knowledge through the use of alchemy, astrology, um, and Thurgy, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that means invoking gods and spirits. It also means black magic, but I just basically, you know, in meditation when I call on Lord Ganesha, um, mm-hmm. Ganesha, who is the remover of obstacles, right? So that's what that is. Uh, the Hermetica, she, if you're showing me a book, 
describe that a little bit. It's the Hermeticus, the lost wisdom of the pharaohs. So originally it's considered a piece of sacred literature believed to have been written by the Egyptian sage Hermes. Very cool. Hermes, I love that. All right, so each member um, took an oath. The early members took an oath to heal the sick without accepting payment um, to maintain the secret fellowship and find a replacement for himself before he died. So that's what the early sort of rules were, right? Because they were all about developing a bunch of healers. The society can be traced back to as early as the 1600s, um, and its founder, his name was Christian Rosenkreutz, um, and he spent time in the East um, studying under Arab and Egyptian, under an Arab and Egyptian mystical teacher. So all of their teachings are based in the mystical. Oh. And then he went back to Germany and he created the fraternity of the Rose Cross, and that is now simply known as the Rosicrucians. Okay. Um, and so, the for, for the first few years, they met in secret, and that was they were basically just ignored by the public. Hence, the secrecy, right, okay. or the 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 mystery around the Rosicrucians. So this is, but then they got noticed, right? Now, usually, oh great, what were you doing? You certainly weren't keeping secrets. So the public began to notice them. They began to notice their place in all of these conspiracies that were flying around in uh -huh. the occult. Um, and so, you know, sort of their, um, as a secret society that was sort of, that secured them, which they weren't really. But anytime an organization claims to have this inner knowledge or secret wisdom, you know, they're treated with suspicion. And so that's, e you know, that's even, you know, that's how that happened. I mean, even the Christian church has been able to, um, not even the Christian church has been able to avoid suspicion because I suspect them of everything. <laughs> I'm very suspect of all, of any organized religion. Yeah. Um, let's see. So like I said, they, they use alchemy, um, Theosophy, occult practices, beliefs, astrology, mysticism, and mind control, which it, it, it's not as evil as it sounds. It's more like telepathy, um, uh -huh. you know, all of those sort of higher advanced, um, you know, intuitive abilities um, that I love. And um, it's just really only a portion of what they have been associated with. Um, but, you know, that short list, that's enough. That's enough to cause people um, to say, mm, there's something about them. I don't right. know. So that's basically the extent. Now, when I found out that my grandma was a Rosicrucian, I actually did my research. This was when I was in Michigan, and there was a church in Detroit, which was honestly, it was just too far. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And and but I did my research because I was very interested in becoming a part of it and seeing, you know, becoming an initiate and seeing what that looked like. Uh -huh. And um, it was basically like a program. There were a lot of levels, a ton of levels, and a ton of work, a lot of study involved, and then you had to pass these tests. Uh -huh. But I mean. It was the coolest. I was like, shut up. And you learned how to develop intuition and all of those super advanced abilities. Like I said, okay. like telepathy by location, you know, or auric, auric reading and astral travel, all of those things. So it That's is pretty cool. It, it's very cool. Right. And, and I'm just like, no, plus it was kind of expensive to join and everything. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe that's not for me, but it's badass. 
Now, the tie-in between the Rosicrucians and the Freemasons is that um, the Rosicrucians claimed um, that they are the ones that invented Freemasonry, and they really are the only ones who knew the real secrets of the Masonic temples and the real meaning of those temples. Now, who knows, right? Again, here we go with the, you know, I'm smarter than you, which is, again, the... Div- division between religion or sex or whatever sex yeah um also the um the nazis um, and if you read the book called the occult roots of nazism um may have been inspired by um this um by the the Rosicrucians or the Freemasons so there's some very interesting sort of crossing over there now, for today, um, there's you can do your research and look them up. The the most well known is called um, the Amork or A M O R C, the Ancient and Mystical Order of the Rosicrucius, and that was founded in 1915. Um, and that is really an educational charitable organization to help you discover who you are and all you can be. So, and that when I started doing my research, that's what I came across. And they really, they really are. They're just a little bit. It's a little bit too intense. So they're not so secret, but they are very no, they're mystical. not. They're not. Yeah, that's and that's why I think it's funny when you talk about some of these and how they're underground and 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 all that. What and that's the thing is I don't, I don't. I think we we probably disagree on the Illuminati thing because I think that if they were around, they somebody would leak something like somebody you know what i mean they're super (laughs) secret that's what they that's how they stay around because they they can't be that secret (laughs) i mean because there's always some like person that gets pissed off and is like you know what i don't want to be in the club anymore i'm gonna go (laughs) tell everyone and then they write their tell-all book about the illuminati the illuminati's real yeah and then they sell the all right well you know what i'm going to you you leave me and my conspiracy illuminati conspiracy b and um one of these days i will prove to you the illuminati exists that's fine that's fine i don't know if they do but i just have more fun um pointing out cool things that happen it's like mm -hmm, see mm -hmm, the illuminati uh yeah yeah, even Beyonce makes fun of it. She yeah. put it, she puts it in her music like straight up, talking about she, the Illuminati. But. She does, but you know what? She's hiding in broad daylight because uh, Jay Z. Mm-hmm. Call Maybe. it stupid if he wants, but I don't believe him. Okay, what else? Uh, do you have anything to talk about in the closing vibe this week? Uh, I know we were just gonna touch on real quick okay so joe and i are in a couple other groups which we're not going to be in anymore (laughs) (laughs) i already i already bounced out i'm like peace out buttholes there was a facebook group that we were in it was supposed to be about witchcraft and and that kind of stuff and spirituality whatever and we just look around and poke around and see what's what's going on in there and someone had the the question of 
talking about spirit animals and appropriation or or whether that was cultural appropriation etc etc and there were several women in there who decided to take it upon themselves to say yes even though they themselves are white and can't possibly speak for all the native american people in you know in the americas and so we just i know we just wanted to, to point out on that i think erica last week made a really great point when, when i asked her that question about how does somebody navigate the idea of spirit animals and even like the journaling uh, the journeying and shape-shifting that those studies how do we navigate them if you're not part of Mesoamerican culture or Native American culture, even if those aren't your ancestors. And she made a great point saying that these these are earth practices and we are all of the earth. We specifically asked her, is this appropriation? You know, Fiora and I have a very liberal view on it, but we also take it very seriously, right? Appropriation happens when you are taking the culture, the practices, the knowledge of an indigenous, um, you know, human and using that for personal gain, monetary gain, or exploiting it. Specifically, that's misappropriation. And that's, I think, the the big point she made was saying that there's a big difference between appropriation and misappropriation. Yes. So the question, there was a newbie in there, um, a brand new member of the group who was told that she cannot call her spirit animal a spirit animal because that was appropriation. And someone said, wait, what? And so it started this huge thread. And um, the admin and the actual um, owner of the group was absolutely adamant um she's a white woman and adamant of what appropriation was um any closed practice all of those things um and was unbending would not listen to reason and even when several members um bipoc members of the bipoc community indigenous chimed in and said hold on you can't claim to um tell one person what appropriation is when you're a witch and the majority of your practices are appropriation from other cultures mm-hmm. um you know saging and i mean all of these other things and so and she was absolutely unwilling to even admit that you know okay you might have a point um, and she got rude and mean and snarky and all of these things so i was like man i'm out Um, But what mostly, what really hit me was the fact that it's a bar, it's a big group too. It was about 20, 20, 2300 or 23,000 people. So it was a big group that she was unable to be both the student and the teacher. So she's actually teaching these practices. Um, And there was, there were several people who were backing her up and agreeing with her. And I just thought that that was, um, that was a lot. And it's unhelpful. It's just unhelpful. It's not helpful. Really. Yeah, it's unhelpful. And that's the, again, uh, I think we've, we've talked about this before. For me, like, I, I as a teenager, like, looked into uh, Wicca specifically, and the fact that it's, it's still an organized religion to an extent was what turned me off. I don't fucking like a bunch of 
goddamn rules. They right, right, exactly. <laughs> don't tell us what to do. That's gonna be that's our tagline. Y'all know you've been following us long enough. Don't tell us what to do. <laughs> don't tell us what to do. And so and that just that was just another reminder of of that for me. And and even for me, like I don't I don't use the label witch on myself. I don't. Uh, not that. I, I, not that I don't think it's cool because I think it, it is cool. It just comes down to the rules thing for me. Like right. I don't know. I don't like that many labels. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. So. So anyway, uh, yeah, we just wanted to talk about that. Um, that listen, um, animals. Animals in general are not culturally specific, and the words spirit animal is not culturally specific. So that is, it's my belief then that using the term spirit animal is not appropriation. And so, you know, it was like, if if you're told that it is, listen to what the person has to say. If they're indigenous, if they're, you know, um, BIPOC, whatever, listen, listen yeah. to why, be open to that, but make your own decisions and don't let, don't let yourself be bullied specifically by um, a Caucasian um, person. <laughs> now, listen, allies are wonderful. We absolutely have to to, we need allies. Um, we need white allies. But the thing is, is sometimes those allies are not helpful and they create even more division because that it completely created a division within that group. And that's another reason why I was out because I'm like, this isn't, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think there's a difference be, again, uh, the difference between appropriation and misappropriation. Like I, if I was not of the culture that, necessarily had some of these practices already built into it and i start calling i don't know a hawk my spirit animal that's fine however if i maybe start if i take a celebrity and i say oh she's my spirit animal that's probably misappropriation because you're not using it the proper way it's not even an animal you're just using the word as in like like slang so ah, i see that makes a lot of sense i see that i like your perspective on that my friend that's a good one when it's used as slang or yeah or yeah. jargon or whatever yeah good one yeah yeah all right guys well listen what a fun um conversation we have had today um please be sure to share and review um this podcast and um, sharing episode links with your friends your family and your social networks really is uh honestly it's the key to the success of esoterics and um so please consider sharing that link or two to help us get the word out and grow your audience yes grow our audience <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you for sharing space with us today stay mystical magical and ready to do it again next week yeah. Uh, do we know what we're talking about? Not yet. We haven't decided yet. All right. Ooh, secret. It's a secret. Thank you, guys. You can find us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcast. Oh, be sure to join our Facebook group, The Woke Akashic, um, and um, find us, follow us on all the socials so you can stay up to date on all the things we're doing. It was wonderful talking to you today. Thank you. Bye. Bye.